loyal. This takes place after some time in the hospital. Uh, you're not fully recovered, but unfortunately, you do not have much time before the interrogators decide to use more aggressive techniques to get information from Maze, the girl you captured in the first mission and who you are trying to save from a very unpleasant and potentially deadly situation. I assume you are visiting in your exopod, but what sort of damage is visible on you right now from your, your injuries? Yeah, it's funny because nothing happened to the exopod. So that looks totally pristine, but on Sunlith's melon, there is, I'm assuming, just a mass of scar tissue right now that is partially healed. The way it looks on dolphin's skin, with how thick their blubber is, it just looks like some like white, craggy mass of scar tissue where he got grabbed by the claws of retribution, and it is mostly healed, but yeah, does not look great. You enter the brig. The guards know to expect you, and they escort you to Maze's cell. They let you into it, close the door behind you, and as we saw last time, she's no longer in that terrible concrete cell, but instead in one of the nicer cells. It has a padded bed, a private bathroom, a desk, and a locked-down computer terminal, offering both recreation and educational programs. Maze is currently on that terminal playing some sort of game. Um, she looks much better than when you last saw her. Her leg is in an actual leg brace and she's been given like fresh uh, clothes and linens and all that good stuff. That's nice. Could I use my exopod to do like a quick scan of her with my sonar just to check on her? I feel like Sunlight would do this kind of automatically. He does this to most people just on instinct, but I'm curious to do it with her right now. Sure, roll me a uh, survey. Hmm, okay. And this is just going to be a fortune roll. There's no, no real no. consequences here. <laughs> I got Three. a failure. A failure. Yeah, you can't really tell anything besides what is already obvious to you. You don't get any yeah. secret. I'm using the sonar that's built into the exopod. Like, it's supposed to be used with my bio sonar but since my melon's fucked up i'm kind of without it so does that make i try does that make a noise um yeah i imagine that like as sunlith kind of hovers into the room he starts making like a clicking sound so that'd be the first <laughs> thing that she hears yeah i think she uh i think she's still ignoring you <laughs> well at least i noticed that she's ignoring me right now um i say to her with my bio sonar translator and kind of slow text it's translating slowly because it's painful for me right now to use my melon to project sound and i say hello mace i am glad to see you in better conditions i'm sorry i have been away i have suffered an injury as i'm sure you can see yeah i see that she doesn't look at you <laughs> she just says that <laughs> uh I think at this point, Sunlith doesn't want to be talking anymore with his translator. He wants to start talking to her psychically, but he feels awkward. So um, he also doesn't want to say out loud, hey, I want to talk to you psychically, because in case they're like recording in here. But he's like, kind of, he's kind of just floats there for a minute, <laughs> looking as awkward as a dolphin can look in a floating pod and reaches tentatively into her mind and says, Hello. I'm sorry if this is startling, but I think it would be faster for us to communicate in this way. He does that psychically. She pauses her game 
and kind of just like looks at the wall for a little bit and then swivels her little office chair towards you just looks at you uh with this she looks tired there's something going on under the surface that she's not letting slip even psychically she doesn't respond but she kind of tilts her head at you slightly as if saying okay sunlit takes this as an opportunity to keep going takes it as a green light and says i'm sure you know why i'm here i'm here to attempt to get information with you about the location of your companions have you given any thought to that and do you understand the consequences that will happen to you if you continue to withhold this information i think she responds with another question and she says have you thought about the consequences for my friends if i tell you where they are sunlith doesn't really answer that because he knows that she has been raised into this and well maybe he says something along the lines of and he's trying to think of a nice way to put this which is difficult since he doesn't have a good opinion of the clusterists and the fact that they put a child into a mech to fight against the soul union army but if he's able to just like send his emotional state he's basically just an open book with her in the psychic connection right now so if she's just listening to his emotions she gets all of this and maybe some like flashes of him imagining what it must have been like to be indoctrinated as a child soldier so she's like getting a lot of things very quickly because that's how he thinks and then he says i understand you must be very loyal to them she responds to you and you get her she slips up a little bit like you feel her anger come through with her response. You people think that children should be slaves. No chance to think for ourselves. But the clusterists don't see us that way. We're all individuals. We can all communicate with each other unambiguously in our communions. I probably know more about life than you do. I might only be 14 years old, but I've spent so much time feeling and understanding what others feel. I contain the lifetimes of thousands of my people throughout so much time. I'm not a child. Immediately upon saying this, and this would probably infuriate her, she just would sense pity coming from Sunlith. And maybe he would even say to her, I'm sorry, I don't mean to disrespect you, but I pity this way that you think. And if she tries to start talking again, he would interrupt her. He says, Child, are you familiar with the pilot whale? Your kin reminds me of them. They're known to my kind as the bonded because they have shunned the concept of the other to the point of no longer having the concept of the self. They feel sickness and health as one and lose themselves in each other completely. Do you know the ultimate outcome of this? When one whale is sick and loses their way, stranding on the shore, the rest will fling themselves upon the beach in order to keep sharing that pain. This is the trade-off of pure connection. A thousand slow and torturous deaths, just so none have to be alone in their suffering. Perhaps you agree with them. Perhaps you see their pain as noble, righteous even. But you must also understand that the rest of the ocean looks upon them with horror. 
I understand we all must shape our own purpose in the world, but sometimes that purpose takes the form of a prison. If this prison is all you have ever known, you may not even see the bars. And this is going to be his sway roll. <laughs> all right. Do you want to push yourself? Please, God, yes. You are in a controlled position. Standard effect. And I, can I do anything else <laughs> to give me any more dice here? Or is this um, just I believe and or accept a collateral die. So mm. you can accept a collateral die if you would like to. Give me a consequence. Let's do it, baby. The consequence is she will never be your friend. Hmm. You can you will establish this relationship as a transactional relationship. She will never look at you as if you were helping her for any moral means. She'll never think of you as a good person. Uh she will never really think of you as her friend at all. And if you succeed, it'll be just she's looking out for her own skin. Yeah. Hmm. How good are my chances and controlled standard with two dots of sway and one extra dice? <laughs> so, controlled standard, um, if you get a full success, like a six, which is a one in six chance, mm -hmm. you will have, you know, I think, convinced her enough for her to give you something. Um, if you do better than that, or if you end up taking the, you know, you might get more intel. Um, if you fail the roll and you want more, then you're going to have to take a risky position instead. Okay, I think I'll wait to do the collateral die for... <laughs> the collateral die, that offer is only for this roll. Oh. Uh... Collateral, the collateral will be different on the next roll if it's even there. Mm, God, this is really hard. Uh, only... Only you would think she won't be your friend is a bad consequence, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take the extra die. I'm going to go with my plus one. I'm going to push myself and cross all the fingers and toes. All right. Take, take two stress uh, and then plus one D. Okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Ooh. Partial success. That's a four. Two, three, and a four. Ah. <sighs> Um, she kind of listens to your words, to your story about the pilot whales, and you feel disgust come back. Disgust not even just at you, but at herself. Um, and she says, mm. I won't give you my people, but it's no point killing myself for nothing. I'll give you some other group, another group of clusterists in the city. I, I know where they are. They're in the East City, in the old manufacturing district. I'll draw on a map or whatever you want, show you where they are. They're building frames, transporting them around. That's all I know. And that is the truth. From Sunlith, she gets a sense of relief, but not happiness. He's relieved that she doesn't have to undergo the torture drill, but honestly shares some of the disgust. He feels that at himself as well, that he's having to interrogate a child and make her choose which of her friends are going to die. Anyways, um, 
she's can it just gets this unfiltered emotional state. I don't know like how she's reacting to experiencing this from Sunlith. I imagine it might not be what she was expecting from being interrogated by the enemy, just to have them have their heart on this their fin, so to speak. <laughs> but um he doesn't say thank you. That would be tactless. He realizes this and he just says I let me know if there's anything I can do for you, anything I can get you for this space. I cannot tell you that this will be the last time that you see me. We will probably speak again. I'm sorry. She shuts herself off. Like there's, You feel like the inklings of hate, hatred and then just nothing. She just <laughs> turns back to her game. Doesn't even unpause it, just stares at it. Yeah, uh, Sunlith takes this as his cue to float away. <laughs> yeah you are uh, let out of the cell but the guards tell you that you know they ask if you got anything like did you get anything i just give it to them monotone whatever she told me yeah he looks over what you've given him just all the information and like the nods his head to everything there and he says i see uh, in our original interrogation, we determined that she knew the location of one of the virtues, as well as the location of her cell in the art district. Um, I presume you'll be coming back to extract the rest of that information at a later date? Either that or the location of the virtues is at the place she has specified. It is yet to be seen, but regardless, I'll need more time with her. Very well. Well, I'll tell the doctor to put the drill away that you have this handled, but he's an impatient guy, so you know, don't take too long. I will make an effort to not do so. He gives you a nod and lets you go. Continues to float away down my lonely, lonely hallway. Okay. Hex, you've been ordered by your handler, and by extension the peacekeepers, to go to the corporate council and apologize for your failure to protect their refinery in your prior mission. And while you did defeat the enemies there, the council was really interested in the protection of their infrastructure and employees, which despite your best efforts were harmed. But before you slog across town to the council tower, council tower, Let's talk about what you're up to. This is probably in the middle of the downtime session we just did. So what do you think Hex is doing right now prior to this chore? Prior to this chore, Hex is likely in his study or his home office, what have you. Or even if he, he might have a real office if he has one, but if not, his home. And he's doing lovely paperwork, still tying things off after in the wake of that last mission. So you head out of your wherever you are, and go head towards the tower. But as you are heading there, you are intercepted by a familiar face, your friend Tesco Long, a journalist with Starlane News. Last time you saw her, she was asking you for a statement on your previous mission, and to your chagrin, she ended up using that statement in a public news segment, though your name wasn't used. And she says, Harold, how's it going, buddy? What a coincidence running into you here. Yeah, funny to see you here. Harold doesn't so much as glance at her. Keeps listen, walking a little. <laughs> she walks after you, um, and she says, listen, I couldn't help but notice your frame and some footage 
on that refinery shindig. What went on there? The press office isn't saying anything. So you think I'll say something? Well, you know, just a comment would be, be nice. Uh, I'll make it worth your while. I don't think you can. <laughs> he starts moving to leave, annoyed at this situation. I think she lets you go. She doesn't have anything for you. <laughs> yeah, Harold's by the book. If the peacekeepers Damn. aren't saying anything, why would he? Ice cold. You continue on to the council tower. Just like last time you were here, you go to the front desk, get a guest badge. But this time, you're not sent to September's office. You're instead instructed to head to the roof and that he'll meet you up there. <laughs> Harold lets out a, a, a loud sigh at this news, somewhat expecting <laughs> what's to come. Uh, you get in the elevator and go up for a long time. And there you are. You're at the roof. Same place you were picked up for the mission not too long ago. And September is standing there, not too far from the edge, looking out across the city. But as the elevator dings open, he turns to you and says, Harold, how are you, my boy? Doing fine. Yourself? Oh, I'm okay. So what is it you wanted to discuss? Peacekeepers reached out to me and arranged this meeting. Uh, you must have something to say. And he kind of stands there with a grin on his face. I do. I do. But let's start with you. Why are we meeting here? Uh, just, it just puts everything into perspective, wouldn't you say? Harold kind of looks off the edge of uh, where Bluth was looking. What does he see? You see the city. A very, very big city stretching out all around you. And eventually the city gives away on one side to a giant wall of a blizzard. And on the other side, a big river valley. You can really see everything from the tallest building in the city. Not a bad perspective to have. He stands there and stares at you. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you why I'm here. We'd like to apologize for the damages that may have been accrued as a result of our last operation. He continues staring at you with a smile on his face. <laughs> Harold matches his silence. Is that all? That'll be all. Give me a consort roll. Yes. Is this, this is risky, controlled, or desperate? <laughs> this is actually risky. All right, let's do it. I'm scared. First of success. He says, well, I can't say I was surprised. You know, for someone of your skill level. Next time, maybe I'll give you a bit of a easier job. Maybe something like uh, daycare or something like that. And he laughs to himself. <laughs> Harold laughs along. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. Oh, yes. I'm very used to taking care of babies and cleaning up their messes. Harold doesn't let his internal <laughs> anger show, but it's there. <laughs> his blood pressure has risen. Well, very well. Uh, nice talking to you, Harold. Have a good walk. Always a pleasure, Harold says as he walks away. As you walk away, you notice the elevator is out of service. <laughs> Harold laughs out loud a little bit. <laughs> Happen to have any stairs? Oh, uh, yes, just on the right side. <laughs> Harold wordlessly goes to them. <laughs> Do I have to roll strength or something? Nope. That's it. That's the vignette. Joseph, let's start off by talking about home. Most pilots 
are given refurbished clusterous departments in the city near the base, but you aren't like most pilots. Do you have an apartment? Do you have a place where you rest and recharge literally and physically where you keep personal effects, anything like that? Would it be too far to say that the old place that they kept me when I was an assassin unit could be my home or is that just off someplace different? Sure. What is that? I assume it's just like a little holding bay or a little storage where they just kept me plugged in, you know, but now it's just like an empty closet that they don't know what to do with. And I, Joseph is probably like, I'll take that place if you don't mind. And that's where he kind of chills at. It's cramped and stuff, but let's just say that there's like computers and terminals around him and there's just shit littered all over the place. Mainly, let's just say machines, robotics. Probably some books. I bet he's pouring through some literature, some Terabrea literature. Hell yeah. So this vignette is going to be about you and the guy you met at the refinery, Glass New Lane. Uh, he wanted to keep in touch with you via an encrypted messaging application under the assumption that you're both doing work against the corporation, which in many ways was true. You also gave him one of your knives as a symbol of peace. Would you message him first or would you wait for him to reach out to you, do you think? I don't think Joseph would message first. I think he's got other things going on. So he's going to see if this little thread comes up again. And it seems like it's going to. Sure. Uh, so you get a message. What? I, this is like a thing we keep not confronting. So it's time. Where <laughs> do you get messages? <laughs> do you have a phone or is it in your brain? It's in his heart. <laughs> he pulls out a little computer. No, uh, I, I... Could we say that he gets it like on his body? Like he would see kind of like a visual interface from his eyes, like a little like, and then it would yeah, like show the messages there. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a HUD. For sure. Okay. Uh, absolutely. A little message pops up from uh, that little encrypted messaging app. It's like a picture, just like a question mark for the face. But the message is, hey, bro, it's me, Glass. We met at the business function. That party got pretty crazy. Listen, I'm always looking for new friends on the planet. Want to meet up? I have a place... In the river valley, but I got a flat in the city too, if that works better for you. And there's a little like guy with sunglasses emoji. <laughs> Joseph responds uh flat and then just the thumbs up emoji. Great. He responds with an address, a little pin drop in the it is in the east city, which is like the damaged part of the city from the siege, uh, where all, most of the fighting happened when the city was taken. That's like where the insurrectionists are hanging out, right? They're mostly, it's complicated. Most of the clusterists, insurrectionists or not, live in the West City. Mm. But uh, most of the fighting happened in the East City, and it's kind of a shithole um, okay. right now. But not a lot of nice folk live there. Maybe Joseph is skulking around in the shadows then, making sure not to be seen. You want to roll a prowl for me? <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm here, ain't I? Partial success. Partial success. A one and a five. Okay. You do some creeping. You know that this part of the city is doing great. The peacekeepers maintain control of the main roads, but his place are, is not on the main roads. It is off the grid. And you have to get through some, like, bombed out sections, navigate some destroyed buildings, and, like, the occasional, like, unexploded warhead just, like, sitting <laughs> in, like, a crater. But you manage to avoid most everyone. You don't think you got followed or anything like that um you see some like sketchy characters um, some people who have like guns out but aren't like engaged in battle 
and you get to his place. It's like a small second story apartment above this like abandoned corner store that's been completely looted. And there's this little creaky metal staircase, which you so effortlessly climb up silently and you get to his front door. I'll give a little knock. The door opens and inside is glass tattooed human with a couple of subtle augmentations to his arms, legs and neck. And he's wearing a plain gray jumpsuit. Nothing flashy, nothing that would stick out. And he says, says, Joseph, looking fresh. Come on in. He waves you inside. Hello, Mr. Newlane. How are you? Please. It's just glass. Uh, The inside is pretty spartan. There's an old raggedy couch with like a plywood coffee table, a small old computer terminal, a fridge, and like a mattress lying straight on the ground. It doesn't look like someplace anyone spends a lot of time. (laughs) He opens up like a small chest near the bed and pulls out a couple of items. One is a bag of small green gel spheres, and the other is this little rectangular prism. And he takes a seat on the couch, pops a gel capsule in his mouth, you know, pats the couch next to him and extends the little gray prism to you. Are these... Is is he offering me drugs? (laughs) Is that what's happening right now? I don't know. Is he offering you drugs? (laughs) (laughs) Would would Joseph know what this is? (laughs) You could uh, try to investigate it, study it or survey it or something. Sure. Joseph's not going to... He's not going to sit down, but he's going to pick take the thing out of uh glass's hand and hold it up to his face and inspect it better interface would work here because this is uh, like an electronic device yeah you sure. hold that yeah no <laughs> can i do that again we could re-record right <laughs> well I mean, it's a controlled situation um, <laughs> of course but the well, this is like like this is basically just to tell if you figure out what it is you mm. try to like probe it but it doesn't have an import. There's no way to figure out what is in it. It's like it only outputs data, and the data it's outputting does not make sense to you. Um, and he's like, oh, do you not? You never, uh, sorry, I just assumed. Um, I got this friend. Uh, his name's Milk Cake. He's an EP like you. Whenever we're drinking or whatever, he makes these things. He puts them near his processor. It, I, I think it makes him drunk. I think this one's just booze. We haven't figured out... Well, he doesn't share with us the more advanced stuff. Um, he's got, like, psychedelics working. It's crazy. I think Joseph's, uh He nods to this. And he says, I would like to meet this milk cake. Um, and then he, he pockets it. He doesn't use it. He just kind of, like, puts it on his person. I, he gives you a little thumbs up. He's like, yeah, you know, I got, I got plenty. And I'm sure milk cake would like to meet you, too. So... So, and he kind of, he says so. That was him saying so. Yeah, Joseph's going to cut him off right here. Glass, I'd like to know. Why didn't you kill me when you met me? What? Kill you? Why would I kill you? Not many people are accustomed to emergent personalities. Oh. So, oh, oh my god. You think I'm a clusterist, don't you? <laughs> Joseph I think Joseph nods and he says it is what I assumed it is why I was curious I wanted to he, come and confirm it he like slaps his face and like I am such an idiot I'm sorry it's a, it's a wonder you didn't kill me <laughs> uh, you, you have no idea Glass <laughs> uh, no no yeah I mean the 
I was doing work with them. Um, I'm not, it was kind of a quid pro quo situation. Uh, I'm not a clusterist. I think a lot of their views are uh, pretty backwards. You know, some of my best friends are emergent personalities. Milk cake, for instance. Uh, well, that's my only one, but, you know, it's kind of hard to find them. That uh, it is. But, yeah, I, I, we, my organization, we sometimes do work with them because some of our goals are aligned, um, but we don't, like, share their goals or anything. I don't think that the human soul is, like, a unique, perfect mechanism, and I don't go to weird clusterous churches or anything like that. Not my vibe. No, not mine either. What organization do you belong to? Glass. Uh, he kind of turns his head left and right, and it's like Joseph's gonna cut him off again, and he cocks his head and says, "Yourself, organization of yourself." <laughs> is what oh. he's asking. <laughs> no, I we. I'm the song. I got a big mouth. That's my problem. But <laughs> I mean, you're like, a, you're cool. How about this? What What's your deal? My deal. You're asking what organization I belong to. Yeah, if any. Mm. I think Joseph's going to say, currently, I am in service of the peacekeepers. They haven't let me go. Glass kind of stares at you with his mouth agape. Mm -hmm. Is that a joke? What do you think, Glass? He, like, shakes his head. He's like, why would you, why would you be stealing from the factory you were defending, your your faction was defending, and why would you have not killed me if... What? Glass, I work under the organization of myself. I don't follow the rules or the regulations of the peacekeepers. I am in service for my own goals. When I met you, I felt like I found another opportunist who might be able to assist me. And maybe I could assist him. This is like a half lie, I would say. <laughs> it's like, it's sort, of, it's sort of true, but he's trying to make it sound like, um, you know, like, hey, listen, man, they plugged me into a fucking wall and I got to do all this stuff. But, you know, merchant personalities, we want to do our own things, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like uh... he's kind of stuck working for them right now. I'm going to need a roll. I'm going to need... Oh, God. See, this is why I want to put points in, in my sway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could sort or sway. Um, you can push yourself. It's going to be controlled standard right now. He likes you. He likes okay. you. He thinks you're cool. Yeah, I'll push myself. So I'm marking stress. Two stress. I'll consort, my good friend. So it's plus one modifier. Yeah. Position so, risky or control. controlled? Controlled. Controlled. Boom. Four. Four success. I see success in that. I do see success in that. So here's the person. He says, okay. Yeah. I like that. I, you know, it was a little shocking at first. To be honest, but you, you got balls. I got, this could have been an ambush. I guess I for both of us. Promise you, Glass, it is not. I give you my word. Why don't I tell you a little bit of my, my organization? Uh, Joseph's finally going to sit down, and he says, please do. I work for a, uh, we're called Gold House. The Soul Union doesn't like us very much, uh, as you might 
Guess? I think, we think, the Soul Union could really be a force for good if we weren't bowing down to corporate forces or alien interests. Humanity is at a pretty decent place, but we're kind of in a rush to get on the galactic stage, or the Soul Union is. So we think we need to develop ourselves ethically, build our own technologies, embrace our own future instead of buying it from aliens. Nothing against aliens. I like aliens. I think the Ura are really cool. I like how they're all spherical. But humanity needs to develop itself. So that's what we work on. We sabotage corporations. We, you know, interrupt shipments. We're hated. They're called terrorists. Who, who, do, who doesn't get called terrorists nowadays, though? You know? Um, that's true. And we could use a man on the inside. I mean, we'd make it worth your while. I don't know if you believe in that sort of thing. What would the worth be, Glass? Well, I don't really represent the organization, but usually they want some sort of, like, small thing. Usually something really small to, like, to really prove you're, like, with it. Uh, That's just, like, stealing some, you know, information, deployment plans, leaking some, like, information. I don't know what sort of access you have. What's, like, what do you do for them? Previously, they kept me as an assassin. Currently, they have me operating frames. It is not my favorite place to be. Wait, were you one of the frames that was fighting at the refinery? Joseph just cocks his head to the left. Does Gold House, do they align with the clusters at all? We, we're not their supporters. But sometimes our interests align, you know, anti-corporation stuff, interrupting shipments from the aliens. Um, We're not like combined forces, but we help each other's out. Like in this last operation, we help them out with it. They put us in contact with some people. I can't say more than that, but, you know, it's it's an exchange. Sure, sure. Would, um... Would it be an advantage for Goldhouse to have this war between the Soul Union and the Cluster Rebellion end as quick as it can, so we can pursue the goals that we would like? Uh, sure, but <laughs> I don't see the war ending anytime soon, buddy. Maybe it starts with us. Like me and you? Just is going to scooch in a little closer and say, you know... Everyone always goes for the kings. They overlook the pawns, where we creep, where we move in the shadows. I think if we can exchange our information together, we might be able to end this quickly. So no pawns have to die, and the only people eliminated are the kings. Would you agree, Glass? I like the way you think. You reach out to shake your hand. He's going to shake it as well. He's going to go out and... Give him a good, and he's not even going to do it in a hard robot way. He's just going to do it in a gentle <laughs> way. <laughs> I think Joseph stands up and he uh, says, what would Goldhouse like me to do to prove my worth? If you can get us information just about any mission you're doing, or if you can better yet steal any data off of the Peacekeeper servers for us, anything useful, you know, like I said, deployments, uh, who's paying your bills, anything like that. We could use that. And if you give us that, I think my employer and my squad mates would be happy to meet you. The person I would love to meet is Milk Cake. 
Could he be in that room as well? Oh, he'd be there. Joseph winks. Wonderful. So this vignette is going to take place in the middle of your recovery, um, maybe one and a half weeks in. Even with the advanced medical technologies available, it still takes a long time to recover from these sorts of wounds. I mean, you have full body third degree burns. You have multiple concussions, um, probably some broken ribs, and not to mention you were fighting with these wounds for hours after sustaining them. Dr. Grace has been attending to you as much as she can, and you've received visits from both your squad mates and others, such as Director Germain. However, today you have a new visitor, though she is not let in immediately because Dr. Grace tells you that there's someone here from the company. They probably want to experiment on you again. Send them in. Garrett, I really recommend against any of this. Grace, let me ask you this. What is it that you really want for me, and why? Did you ever think about that for a second? Say I do what you say. You know, I stop. I leave. Maybe they shuttle me off to some, you know, long-term care facility for war veterans. I get all this chrome stripped out. I get wheeled around by some nurse who has to fucking change my colostomy bag every day, and wheel me out to the garden to stare at a wall, and then maybe in five years, maybe in 20 years, the implants finally give out and I die. Is that what's best for me, or is that what's easiest for you? I don't think you've considered that you could have a life beyond this. I've considered it. I had nothing else to consider while I was laying in that fucking coma. There's nothing left for me but this. She grimaces and stands up and says, Okay, Garrett, you can keep at it, but I just want you to know that I know you've lost everything, but we haven't lost you yet, and we don't want to. And she walks out. She doesn't wait for your response. Um, and as she leaves, someone new comes in, your new visitor, um, who is about eight feet tall with the stilts on. <laughs> Um, her height is very variable. The stilts telescope down to be more at your level. Um, she's clad in a black blue robe, which breaks up the silhouette of her figure using some weird sparkling pattern, causing her body to look like a monolith, uh, that is kind of marching towards you very smoothly. Her head is helmeted by what you can only describe as an indented dodecahedron, making it difficult to tell which way is forward and which way is backwards for her. You've seen her once before. Very hard to forget. She originally briefed you on your experimental prosthesis and the operations of the changeling, your frame, uh, which is being lent to you and the peacekeepers, as long as you send regular updates and logs on its performance. And her name is Ziggurat. Wasn't sure I'd be seeing you again. She kind of stalks forward smoothly. She bends a little bit, looking down on you, kind of like a, kind of like a snake almost. <laughs> I just have a quick question. Does do I know like it is she like a full body prosthetic like Ghost in the Shell style? You don't is, know. Oh, we have I have no idea. I don't know what's under that robe. No. Okay. <laughs> you got to get your social link up a little bit for that one. <laughs> she says, 
Garrett, I have just come from examining your frame, and I must say I am disappointed with its condition. What? I used it for what it's good for. Did you see the footage? Did you see what I did? Yes. Your performance was adequate, considering. What the hell did he have? She kind of undulates a little bit, continues to, like, walk around your bed in a very strange way. Nothing we could make, so don't worry about that right now. What do you want? The doctor wants to give you lab-grown skin to replace your dermis. But we have a much better proposition for you. Well, get on with it then. What is it? She produces this see-through bag containing a spool of white-blue tissue which kind of looks similar to the augmented arm that your handler, um, Nyla, has. You get a glimpse of Ziggurat's manipulators. Instead of hands, she has these clusters of razor-sharp coils, which kind of somehow don't penetrate the bag and just handle it at the tip of like a million little needles, and she deposits it on your lap. This is an experimental silicon mesh with integrated chemical circuits, It will allow the changeling to draw data directly from your nervous system more effectively, and due to its lack of electric circuitry, it will avoid any lockups in anti-heuristic fields. It would be a fine addition to your capabilities. So, what, you want to just put this all over where the skin sloughed off from the heat? Yes... But it is not part of our contract. It's not yet approved for use on sapient beings. But I have brought an addendum for you to sign. And she produces a piece of paperwork, which she lays on your bedside table. It's fairly boilerplate. You accept all the consequences of the implantation, know that it is against the peacekeeper's medical advice and standards, and it will require you to continue making appointments with the Vector Mines, for reporting and tweaks. Geist thinks about it for a moment, and he stares at the sheet in front of him, and then he just says, fuck it. And he reaches out one shaking prosthetic hand and signs it. Give it to me. Ziggurat's helmet, or head, is not very clear, pulses a gentle green color as she picks up the paperwork and the bag of flesh. Very wise, Garrett. I will communicate your decision with the doctor. There's a catch. Yes? She needs to remain my attending physician. I'm not accepting one of your fucking corp creeps. I know you'll have to bring him in to do the installation, but she still handles my day-to-day. Ziggurat's helmet has a little, like, white circle that goes around it. Kind of like a loading sign. (laughs) we find this to be acceptable and she walks out of the room if you could call it walking not long dr grace does walk back in pulls up a stool next to your bed lights up a cigarette which is very rare for her (laughs) so new skin new skin look grace i i'm sorry for snapping i you're one of the only people i can still trust i This is very important to me. It's not just revenge 
Not really. I know revenge doesn't change anything. It won't bring her back, but I need to do this for me. Well, then we best do it the best way we can. And with the best doctor you can. And she takes a puff of her cigarette. We'll get to work. Just uh, don't ask me for extra painkillers, okay? (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough.